Hey everybody, welcome back to Queued Up Esports. This is your source for random esports information. I'm Monkonky Banana, and with me are my uh, ever-faithful co-hosts. I'm Freddy Bones. And I'm DeAnthrax. Yeah, we uh, we skipped introductions uh, last episode, but you know what? We figure you know us by now. Today, uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about event payouts in an episode I like to call Money, Money, Money. Is that really what we're calling it? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm calling the episode. I'm calling it Money, Money, Money. Okay. So, I'm surprised, but okay. <laughs> as, a, as a competitor, you, uh, you, you put in your 10 bucks to go to these tournaments, and, uh, you know, when, if, you, if you win, you get some amount of that prize pool. Some of it m- might go to the venue, some of it might go to the organizer to put in their pocket, but you're going to that event to win some cash money. Today, we're not going to talk about, like, you know, your local events, like, you know, the random bi-weekly, monthly tournaments that people go to for whatever game they play. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the bigger events and uh, how their pay structure is kind of laid out and why some of them, in my opinion, aren't that great. A lot of them aren't that great. Uh, First and foremost, I do want to say... all the numbers we are getting for prize payouts are from esportsearnings.com. Uh, this is a really cool website where you can uh, you can kind of track you know what events are paying out for and what events there are, what their payouts are, and who's getting uh, how much of that cut. I've uh, I've used this website for a few events that I've run, uh, Combo Breaker 2019 side bracket um, stuff like that. But yeah, no, check it out really cool and uh if you if you really like numbers definitely really cool yeah especially when you look at uh so real quick i you say a lot of depressing numbers but to me i look at them as hopeful numbers because when i was a kid growing up i was told you will never make any money playing video games and i (laughs) i look on this website and i'm like Oh, this these recent player earnings. Oh, this player earned one hundred sixty thousand dollars playing in an event. That's that's insane. That's more money than I'll ever have in my life, probably. Probably <laughs> not. I don't know. I don't know how money works. <laughs> so to me, like I look at this as like hopeful. Like the the young competitor looks at this and goes, "Yeah, like yeah, mom. I know I'm fourteen years old, but look." this person got paid a million dollars to play in this tournament and I play that game and I play it very well. <laughs> There's a chance that that could be me one day if we were able to cultivate my ability to play this game better. And in that sense, I'm all on your side, guys. But <laughs> in the sense of, shit, someone got paid a million dollars to to play a game that I I play? That sucks. I'll, I'll go flip my burger at Burger King now. Right. <laughs> Wish I could do that. The main reason why, like, I wanted to bring this up, uh, I was visiting uh, friends and family in Florida. Uh, I was hanging out with Felipe for uh, for a week, two weeks or so. Um, and during that time frame, uh, a really big Smash tournament was going on, uh, Big House Nine. Uh, so Felipe and I were kind of we like we watched it. It was like really good. Mango had like a really awesome like upset. You know, won the whole thing. And That's awesome. I'm I'm Team Mango. I think he's the the greatest of all time for for melee, mm-hmm. and 
that's a debate for another day. But that's that's, fine. that's a debate story. for a day. But he won, and it was <laughs> actually really story. funny because I remember you and I were having a conversation and an argument about who the greatest melee player of all time was, and I was like, "Well, Mango," and then he ended up winning this tournament. But anyway. So this uh this was a huge tournament for melee. It had 909 entrants into the uh, the melee singles bracket. So that's that's like a lot of people like to go through like a two day event. Like that's a lot of CRTs in a room that need to be lugged <laughs> around and organized for people to play. Yeah. So when I when I think about this from my perspective as a player and everything i'm like man the the prize payouts on that's got to be insane like you know we we were just talking like yeah like there are there are players on this website that are listed winning like hundred sixty thousand dollars. there's millions of dollars that are being like reward but this event the prize pool was nine thousand and ninety dollars all right hold (laughs) on let me stop you right there yeah how many people were at this tournament 909 Entropy was only ten bucks. Yes, that's how it was. Yeah. No pot bonus. No pot no bonus. Pop. What? <sighs> the downside of being a grassroots scene. So there's so, there's so many questions. How much is the venue fee? I don't I, remember, but I'm gonna ballpark around fifty bucks. Yeah, I was gonna say I would <laughs> I would estimate that these people paid fifty dollar venue fee, probably like oh, thirty, man. probably like thirty five dollar if they were like early. And then, you know, they probably bought some amount of big house swag, uh, paid $10 into their, you know, event for Melee Singles, and then uh, uh, payout up to 12th place was uh, was what was here. So the whole total prize pool was $9,090. First place walked away with $3,636. That's insane. Yeah. That's not good at all. And that this is an event where this this person had to play through I I I imagine three whole days worth like cuz I imagine pools for a 900 person event for a yeah. melee tournament start on Friday. My oh, gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's how it was when I went to SmashCon. I mean, when the when the event is that big, when it's when you're over 5 500 people, everything starts on Friday. Hell, you're over 400 people, you usually start on Friday. Like it raises the question, like the the entrance fee was the whole pot for this event, and at ten dollars, is it worth it for these top level players to go to this event? Mango made three thousand six hundred dollars. Zane made uh, eighteen hundred dollars. Leffen made just over a thousand dollars, and Leffen was saying that he essentially lost money on this because he had to fly over from Europe to Detroit to go to this event and then fly back. And then he was also not streaming for, you know, five or six days that this like travel and event is going on. So he lost a lot of subs. He makes more money off streaming than he does off that tournament. And like someone like mango, he probably wasn't streaming for five days. He probably broke even. Even though he won, he probably actually he, he yeah maybe if he's lucky he broke even, but honestly he probably lost money. Well, I don't know. I mean, he still has a contract with Cloud Nine, so 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 does Leffen. So like they're still getting some kind of salary. Yeah, like soon. they they got like some amount of pay, but the event in like they would have got that pay regardless of what they were doing. So I, 
I mean, I don't know what their contract is like, but I'm, I'm going to. They're not. They're not hired on as streamers. They're hired on as competitors. So I would assume somewhere in their contract, like they have to be playing a certain number of games in a year, um, or tournaments in a year. I would imagine. I mean, they might not. I don't know what their contract looks like, but I figure they got to be going to events. Right. No, I I definitely would get it's gotta that. Got to be part of the job. So we have we have uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee on this side of the spectrum. And then uh, if we look at uh, <laughs> if we look at you know Dota two uh, every year they have uh, the international um, for 2019 the prize pool on this was 34 million dollars. Jesus. The uh, the first place team took 15 million dollars of that. <laughs> How does it feel? Ugh. So if that like. That team of five split evenly. They each they each made you know five million bucks just casually. Well, that would be three million. Um, oh yeah, I'm bad at math. Ignore team. me. <laughs> there's probably more than five people. It doesn't matter. They're all walking away with over a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah. Well, there's more than five people on the team, but still, like, oh man. So, I have to ask, you know, what is the difference between you know the little guy uh, competitive Smash, and then Dota two? That is paying out, you know, th- like almost thirty-five million dollars. A lot. <laughs> well, let's unfortunately a lot. Well, let's let's kind of break it down. Let's get into it. Like, what what is a lot? All right. Um, are we talking just Dota, or are we talking like uh, genres here? Because like, um, I don't mean Dota as in like um, that specific game. I mean like MOBAs uh, versus like shooters versus um, like RTSs versus fighting games versus specifically smash as a subset of that um because there's individual tiers for all of it so let's let's uh not look at just the games we'll uh we'll look at smash as a as its own genre and we'll look at mobas as as that as a genre well mobas is pretty much just league and dota uh i mean there's probably more but nobody talks about that it gives a shit well i mean smash is just melee and ultimate yeah I mean, yeah, exactly. So, like, people aren't counting Rivals of Ether and, and like, you know, Slap City. They're they're talking about <laughs> Melee and Ultimate. Um, so, uh, I, I agree, yes. But the the difference is the amount of people that play the fucking game, for one. Um, yeah. Like, hundreds of millions of people uh, across the world are playing fucking Dota and League. Maybe hundreds, eh, probably hundreds of millions. Actually, realistically, probably hundreds of millions. I would um, I would venture to say yeah probably yeah I thought I was overshooting but I might not be um, versus fucking even even as big as Smash Brothers is like Ultimate being the more recent game competitively it's not like not really it is like probably like a solid I don't know ten thousand like competitive players and I feel like I'm being generous but I might not be but like that's it as far as the competitive scene goes. Uh, like if I want to really give them everything I can, I'll say twenty thousand competitive players because everybody else plays it casually. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a thing. No one's casual guys aren't watching tournaments. They're not. They're not. They don't know. But they don't have a favorite player, right? They're not going to a local scene. They're just playing. You know, when when cousins come over or something, right? And we got to hash it out. We got to hash it out and smash. Show them who's boss. Show the little scrub. You know why you don't? You know you don't fuck with his Ike. I'm not doing dishes. It. I'm gonna beat you. In exactly. Smash Brothers, yes, but that's how that's that's how that works. So like the audience is going to be a big giant thing. And so 
that's probably the biggest reason why, in my opinion, the payouts are what they are. So that actually gets me thinking about it a little bit. Uh, in the year 2019, everyone has a computer. Like this is a fact. I don't. I don't think it's you know unreasonable to say there's not a lot of people that have you know uh, uh, a Wii or a Switch or a GameCube. Like everyone in the world at this point has a computer in some capacity. Actually, I don't know, man. A lot of people just don't even just have their phones. You'd be surprised. Yeah, that's also a thing too. But yeah. Like, I have a lot of coworkers that literally just don't own computers. I know that's not the point you're trying to make, um, but I got to bring the, it up. The point I'm trying to make is Go the ahead. technology is more accessible than uh, a Switch or a GameCube or a Wii or whatever. Even though, like, I, I feel like there was, like, a shift in, in how that became a thing, right? Because you always heard about, like, PC Master Race as being, like, a thing of, like, where people, like, gravitated more towards, like, consoles because they... They couldn't get a computer, right? Like, right. But I, I think that, I think that the accept, like, what you're trying to, the point you're trying to make, right, is like the accessibility of like the PC in 2019 makes it so just like games that are on PC just have a much better, uh, like a much uh, a higher chance for exposure and for people to uh, to be into whatever the scene that this creates for them. Right, there's more people playing it, and the barrier to entry is fairly low. It's yeah. I have a computer, and it can run the game, so I can play it. It's not a very taxing game either. Like, most computers can run it. Even, like, a fairly shitty one can run it. Exactly. So, I, I don't have to worry about, you know, different people playing on different platforms, like the the Xbox player and the PS4 player who are never going to meet each other. Because everyone is going to be playing this on PC, and I know that for a fact because it's only on PC. And then there's the games like Fortnite, though, that are just cross-platform and everybody, everybody can play each other. And Fortnite is another game that is pretty through the roof. Like, if we look at, like, the the list on esports earnings, there's a few Fortnite tournaments sprinkled up here in the top ten for games that have paid out. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. $3 million for the first place winner. Yeah. So, uh, 2019 Fortnite World Cup Finals, uh, $15,287,500 uh, for a 100 person tournament. Uh, and that's just solo. And then there's a, a duo tournament that uh, paid out a similar prize pool, and it was 50 teams of two. Man, that's nuts. So it it goes to say like the ex- people. That's nuts. the accessibility of the games it makes it easier for people to get into this and it makes it easier for the developer or the sponsor to look at the game and be like oh yeah there's money to be like made here so we'll spend money to like promote the game totally which is I wish that was the case for console well I don't know I wish it was the case for Smash. Yeah, I was going to say, which if we it's go... Not, it's not console games. If we it's go back to the like the other side of the spectrum where we have like Smash Brothers tournaments here, Nintendo's kind of just like left the community on an island. They're like, yeah, you know, yeah. We, we made the game yeah. for you and do whatever, whatever the hell you want with it, but we're not going to support it. Like, that's that's just the end of it. So you can run your tournaments, you can do whatever, but like we're not 
helping you in that endeavor. So it's up to the players to run these events themselves. And then just the only prize support is, you know, the pot. That's certainly a big, I feel like that isn't the only factor because I, I think Nintendo not supporting the scene is uh, like there's money left on the table that they're not getting because the, the the potential is there because the game sells like crazy. A lot of people just don't know you can you, know, you can play the game in that way. So like the same people that would play Fortnite uh, or play you know Rainbow Six Siege or uh, I'm thinking of console games Rocket League. What I think would be similarly interested in a game like Smash Brothers competitively if they knew the potential was there, but because it's fucking totally underground for the most part. And there's, there's just there's just nothing. There's no average. There's nothing. Um, that's why one I think was one of the reasons why it's never going to go anywhere. Or at least um, it's it's not as big as, it, as, as big as it can be. And Nintendo can make money off of that, I think. Uh, D'Angelo, you're the uh, the resident, you know, standard FGC expert here. Mm-hmm. Let's and uh, last episode we talked about the the uh, regional qualifier where uh, first place was, you know, fifty thousand dollars. So yeah. like, there that's like the middle ground here, right? We've got you know hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, like mm-hmm. in the uh, in like the MOBA and shooters over here, yeah. and then in the FGC there's you know, tens of thousands and then smaller grassroots games, thousands. Yeah. Which is crazy of me to think that like, and that even at our level for the FGC, that that's like supposed to be like the middle ground, right? Because when, when a lot of us like compare it to uh, other things and it just gets like really out of hand in terms of saying like, Oh, well it could be millions, right? It could be this. Whereas like when you think about it, like, Two hundred fifty thousand dollar prize pot is nothing to laugh at, right? That's that's pretty solid. Right? Yeah, like a half a million dollars is or a quarter million dollars is actually like really solid. Um, but I, I will say that Capcom's interaction into it into the scene has been nothing short of helpful. And even if you look at um like NRS and mm-hmm. uh, Warner Brothers, NetherRealm Studios interaction in in their scene cultivating their scene as well i mean they've, they've given something like six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to sonic fox it, it's <laughs> it, it's ridiculous um he is he's won a, a very decent chunk of change um and i i would say that there is a lot to be said for there being some level of return on investment for investing into esports for your own specific uh what is it for your for your own specific game i i think that I think that Capcom is starting to understand that, especially as they branch out more into leagues. Street Fighter League is, has been insanely popular, uh, not only just from a a player standpoint, but also from like a a, a viewership standpoint. Uh, people want to be involved with this. They they enjoy watching the team format a lot more. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that that get expanded into the future um, as they try to copy more of the successes of the MOBAs and uh, team-oriented games that we have in, uh, that are already making a ton of money. Um, but but mostly, I think it's just because of the interaction that Capcom does provide into the scene that allows us to, to do exactly what it is that we're doing right now, which is creating a sort of like mesh between esports and grassroots. So... Yeah, 
a lot of the tournaments that were regional tournaments, they also had uh, they they had pot bonuses that were provided by Capcom. So uh, if I remember correctly, it was something like at a premiere, it was seven thousand dollars for first place provided by Capcom, and at a at a regional, it was like fifteen hundred or something like that for first place. So like you, even at a regional that didn't get a lot of like exposure or like a lot of people to enter, you could still end up walking away with a very decent chunk of change, like a couple a couple thousand bucks, right, for like a day's worth of work. You you didn't just have to rely on the prize pool that was given to you from um, from the players being entered. Um, and a lot of our tournaments as well, they try to do a little bit better with uh, pot bonuses. Um, just because it, it's one thing that like I feel like a lot of people don't talk about in the scene, but the venue fee has been going up over time. Totally. Uh, but the... The um the actual entry fee hasn't. The entry fee hasn't, and the uh the pot bonuses sometimes haven't either. And that's a weird thing because I I understand inflation, right? Like there there are times where like there are certain tournaments that um not to name names, right? There are there there was a tournament that I used to go to. I paid forty dollars uh all told, right? Thirty dollars for a venue, ten dollars for a turn per tournament. I paid forty dollars for that one time to enter uh, a tournament in wherever. Right, that tournament now cost me ninety dollars to enter. Right, I'm paying eighty bucks for a venue fee, ten dollars for a venue. Right, like you, you got it. And like back then, there was like a venue. There was a there was a uh, a pot bonus. It was like a five hundred dollar pot bonus for first place. Right, and it's like man, like we're we're almost double that now. This the numbers are relatively consistent or even higher than what they used to be back then. Right, like what like is that money like just going to to something else like and I, I know that's definitely not like all the case every single time because like sometimes venues do just get very expensive and like i can see that from having to like rent space out myself right like that that is something that genuinely just costs a lot of money right but the conversation sometimes gets brought up about well Excuse let's me, uh yeah you're good let's uh let's up the venue fee to 20 bucks and see how that impacts things because it, it effectively doubles the amount of money that people can get with a thousand entrants uh first place that gets uh they don't get 600 bucks they get 1200 bucks which might seem like a little bit better return on investment for a professional player but is justifying 20 dollars for the average joe schmo harder now it's does it mean that less people come out and and that's that's the age-old question right there's a we won't know unless we try it. And I think there's some places that have tried it and they've even tried like, um, like, uh, what is it? High roller money, high roller, uh, tournament matches where it's just like capped at X amount of players, hundred dollars person per entry. Right. Like you cap it at 32 players. That's, uh, 3,200 bucks. Right. Like that's, and that's a good chunk of change, right. That you could split between first, uh, first, second, third or first through eight. I kind of like that idea to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think that, that that's something that allows uh, people that are much more confident in their skills to to enter and then also provide the payout that players want and can also probably lead to invitationals as well because 9 times out of 10, random Joe Schmo isn't going to enter that, but the person on the cusp or the person that really thinks that they they have a good shot at winning this the professional players they'll enter that right right so like there are there are there are definitely there are more options there that the players can take but i think what a lot of people want to see is that 
that interaction from the parent company, right? Like, people want to see Nintendo actively supporting their game at a tournament level. And it, it's strange because even with Ultimate, right? Like, you, you saw them make a lot of, like, quality of life changes in this game that helped the uh, the tournament player, right? Like, there were a lot of little things that allowed them to, like, oh, you could turn off all the items at once, or you could... You could uh, strike stages a little bit easier. You could um, you could turn all the stages uh, like off, expe- except for like tournament stages, right? Like the, just little like hazards off. Like they, they yeah. do a lot of things with um, like they're aware of the tournament scene, the competitive scene. Yes, um, and they they make little quality of light changes for them, but that's as far as it ever goes for some reason. Yeah, and yeah, they're they're aware of it. These little things were meant to heighten the player experience, which. I mean, it, it heightens the tournament experience, but it, they they still don't actively support it with their money, and that's a very strange feeling, I feel, for a lot of people that are Smash players, because if I feel like if Capcom could do it, if all these other, if NRS could do it, if all these other, like, uh, groups can do it and find it within the their their budget to really have some return on, in, on investment, what is it about, about uh, Nintendo, do you feel, that they don't feel like they find that return on investment by investing into esports, and maybe, I mean, like that—that'd be easier for you guys to say, right? I, but like, I my thoughts on it are, my thoughts on it are, are along the lines of it doesn't cater to their demographic. Like, their demographic is like been like a little bit younger over the over the ages, and there's something about esports and competition that they've definitely shied away from over the years. I think they don't want to sell cosmetics um, through DLC. Um, all of the big companies that are able to provide any kind of support um, have have a bunch of cosmetics uh, for DLC for purchase microtransactions, and Nintendo doesn't for Smash. They have it for actually I don't know if they have it for any game to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. So their 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 only return on investment is people buying the game and then buying the Fighters Pass DLC, right? For the okay. additional characters, there is no additional source of uh, income, while um, in, in several other games, Fortnite's probably the biggest offender, but like even in Street Fighter V, um, there's all kinds of skins and stuff you can get yeah. um, that they continuously produce. Like, like I don't know how, like, Fortnite is probably like a ridiculous offender of this, but oh, so is Overwatch, so is a bunch of them. Street Fighter's up there too, like, there's all, almost over like 200 skins you can buy. Street Fighter's interesting because realistically, the only people playing Street Fighter nowadays is the competitive scene. Like, mm-hmm. like the game came out, I don't know, like, before 2016 yeah. 2016 yeah so like the the initial wave of people that were playing it kind of died off except for the people that play regularly and they're also the only ones purchasing skins if you really think about it so what capcom is doing is they're supporting the tournament scene um they're you know, with prize pools and then they're they're producing these skins that for the most part 90 percent of the people purchasing it are and end up being competitive players which then mm-hmm. fuels capcom again <laughs> Sure. Um, so it kind of works out great for them, but Nintendo refuses for some reason to sell cosmetics. Um, what about so like, um, what about like how Dota does it? Because isn't the international just completely fueled by like microtransactions? Yeah. So they sell. Yeah. So that the prize pool for that is sold uh, is is acquired through uh, crowdfunding. They they provide a bunch of cosmetics and not just cosmetics, but like things you can only get because it's part of the international. So you'll buy the specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can only get this one time, and then your purchase, like a uh, percentage of it, yeah. goes towards the prize pool, right? Right, a portion of that yeah. goes towards the prize pool, and because everybody wants, it's, it's a limited time uh, thing you can buy. A lot of people go and purchase it. Also, a lot of times they're aware it's going to go towards their favorite teams, right? 
So yeah. it, it, it's incentivized to do it. So the prize pools balloon to like 34 million or whatever it was. Right yeah. Now. And like, that's the thing, right? Like they're, they're seen, they, they know that these things uh, actively help their players. Um, and I think that they're much more incentivized to go down those routes of just like saying like, you know what, like I'll buy this skin for seven bucks because it helps uh, my favorite team. It helps EG uh, probably right. like pay, like puts money into the, into the, into the pot for them. Right. And like, that like that was a thing where um, for a couple Capcom cups ago, um, there was a bundle that you could buy, and a percentage of that it was something like I think it was either forty or fifty percent of it like went to Capcom Cup for an extra pot bonus for the winner um, for like top was? three. Ah, uh, gosh, I can't remember. I think it was either twenty seven. I think it was twenty seventeen. I could be completely wrong. The reason I bring it up is because the twenty seventeen and the twenty sixteen Capcom Cups are the highest paying. Um, FGC events that I could find of all time, yeah, being the highest. It's at mm-hmm. 258 on the list of total, you know, um, yeah. rankings of highest payouts at three hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, um, that was it. Then twenty seventeen. Yep, sixteen was at three hundred sixty thousand dollars. It might have been both years then, Every, because it was else, only supposed to be like um, even yeah, like everything else above that, and even like down to three hundred. Um, there's no FGC in it at all. Yep. So yeah, which, right. which is like, it's crazy because it's like, okay, like we, we have this thing and we know it works. Like if I feel like if an FGC event like is able to break into the, like the top 300 amongst all the, the Dota, the leagues, the overwatch, the CSGO is like everything else that has like all this developer support, all this like sponsorship, like all this viewership, like that's like a surefire sign that like okay this is like something that can provide for the players the spectators and everyone <laughs> um the next highest one after that uh it goes down to number 432 it's also a capcom cup 2015 now for ultimate street fighter 4 yep. uh, and street fighter 5 arcade edition <laughs> no actually that that's 2018 sorry um so yeah so Oh my God! Net goes down to four thirty-two. Everything else I've seen yeah. so far is is just not FGC. It's always something else. Yeah, that's kind of nutty. Like I think certainly the ability to sell cosmetics uh, to fuel that uh, is underutilized. In Nintendo's case, Capcom's doing it right. I like the Capcom's doing it right, and they know they're who they're targeting because they're they're aware the only people playing it now is the you know the competitive players. Um, and I think they're I think they're doing a good job of what they're doing. All right, so from from Smash to get it to uh, like Street Fighter, the steps that need to be taken there are you know developer support and you know like you said microtransactions, cosmetics, like things like that, and that would like push that up into the region where it's a little uh, it's a little closer to like something in the FGC. Um, we kind of talked about um, different. Uh, entry fees into the pot, um, $10 versus $20, stuff like that. One idea that I had in mind is, um, uh, it's essentially like, uh, you, you bid into the event. So there's like a flat entry fee, which is like, like the minimum is 10 bucks, but you know, you can put more money in and, you know, get like a bigger payout. Like, cause you're hoping that like all the better players are going to be putting more money into the pot. Mm-hmm. In some capacity, so just your own money, though. 
So let's say I'm Mango. Yeah, like it, what's my incentive to put more than ten dollars in? Right. I'll let Zane put in thirty dollars, and I'll just put in my ten. But then Zane's thinking the same thing. He'll just only put in ten dollars. Yeah. Mango. It's it was like not a fully formed idea, but like in my head it worked out. But realistically, nah, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Practical tasks uh, had an interesting idea. So you know how uh, some events, uh, not very many anymore, but some events have like VIP areas so that can practice uh, before. Like usually, top twenty-four, top thirty-two, and up um, are usually the ones that have access to it, so they can practice outside of the big crowd uh, for their on-stream matches. Right. Right. There's a VIP area for that. Um, Practical tasks had a pretty good idea, and like they can just sell VIP spots to people outside top thirty-two. That way, if like Levin gets you know gets bitchy that he, he doesn't have a, a setup to play on to practice on, though there's still this VIP section, and this other dude is gonna be there too. But he paid an extra thirty dollars to be there, which is gonna go into your pot. Yeah, so you should be okay with it. Yeah. Um, so like that was a pretty interesting thing. It, they'll probably cap it out because there's only so much space. Yeah, but, but no, like, like that's I that's like super appealing because it's like yeah. oh I can pay this extra money and I get like guaranteed game time with like like my favorite players right or at least like you know be able to shoot the shit right because um they still probably want to practice um but like you're not going to be in a position where um you know you're in a crowd of literally 500 people around you right it's not it's going to be in a much more personal setting right but yeah like you don't have to like you don't have to chase down hugs like at this event like swimming through like 50 people be like i'm next on this setup i'm next on this setup to talk to this man I think that was a pretty cool idea. No, I definitely think that's a sweet idea. It's actually also, um, so for the LCQ, I'm buying the VIP pass. <laughs> um, Literally, you know, funny, work in funny motion. Enough, yeah, funny enough you say that. Only because, um, so the regular pass is $89, right? This being said, right, I found a coupon um, for 60 bucks off, right? So it, it, it's actually a pretty good deal, right? Like, uh, like someone gave me a coupon, awesome. it'll be 60 bucks off, right? But the um, the more expensive VIP pass is one hundred and sixty nine dollars. Um, so with the six dollars off, it becomes one hundred and nine dollars. Let me pull this up real quick because I'll tell you what you get with the VIP pass. VIP pass, Smash GG. Am I allowed to say Smash GG on here? Say Smash GG. Yeah, I mean, whatever, man. People know that's yeah. where to go. Yeah, they know where you go for your tournaments, right? You're not going to Challenge. That's kind of mean. Yeah, I love Challenge. I do too. All right. Uh, LCQ three day pass eighty nine ninety nine. LCQ three day pass plus VIP. Uh, the VIP option comes with a custom fight stick bag, a Capcom Cup twenty nineteen commemorative pin, access to the VIP only party on Sunday, a special edition poster book, and a code for the Street Fighter Five Championship Edition kit for the PS four. The upgrade kit offers instant access to all unowned Championship Edition content as it becomes available leading up to the February fourteenth release of Street Fighter Five Championship Edition. So like it's actually so like the stick bag itself is like the thing that I want because the stick bag itself is a hundred dollar stick bag, um, and then you're getting a free copy of of the game itself on PS4. And that's so like that's that's literally what you just paid for, but yeah, you're also getting yeah. invited to a cool party. Yeah, and a cool party, and like this this also pays for your registration into the LCQ itself. So yeah, they're they're kind of making a decent amount off of this. It's pretty good. So like I dig that. It's also helps yeah. fund the tournament because I don't know what's. It does. I don't know how much that is going to Prize Pot, but irrelevant. Um, that's covering a lot of their their operational fees too. Yep, the overhead for the uh, for 10L Esports um, and for the Capcom 
the cap cups, the cap cops that are uh, covering the event. Yeah, I know, right? It's really funny. There was a meme that started in a uh, in a Discord one day, I think, about the cap cops are watching, and now they have it on the back of their shirt for the official uh, people running the event, and I love it. It's really good. That's good. They're called the cap cops. Yeah, the cap cops. But yeah, no, I, I think things like this like really help out um, in terms of for an esports division for a company being able to see a, a some level of an ROI. Totally. There's other ways to do it too. Um, I like that. Com- I like that way because um, it doesn't require um, like making any kind of crazy deals. It's it's between you and the 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 entrant, right? The player. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Um, like you're not dependent on crazy sponsors and and you know working out a bunch of deals with a bunch of people. It's it's between you and the player for the most part. So here's one thing that uh, the Smash community I have it. Felipe, you're you're more in tune than I am, so you can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on this. Okay. Um, but uh, there, uh, when I was running Lethal League tournaments, um, the um, the organization I was running them for, they used this third party system called Matcherino. Have either of you heard cool. of this? I have not, but yes. it sounds cool. I like that. Yes, Matcherino is is amazing. So, Felipe, what Matcherino is? It's uh, it's a website where you put your event online, and uh, people can donate to that event that will go to the prize support. So that sounds awesome. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what what'll happen is like uh, I have this event, and it's like okay, like uh, let's say I get 32 people, and it's ten dollar entry fee. So the prize pool is three hundred and twenty dollars. But there's like some big ticket names here. Uh, people online can be like, oh, there's this event going on. I'll donate five bucks to it. And then that'll go into the prize pool as well. So you get the whole community doing that, but it also gets better because you can, uh, input your, uh, your merch, things like that. So it's like, oh, here's this $40 hoodie. That's, it's really cool. It's got like this cool logo. It's got like the event on the back, like really sweet. I'll pay 40 bucks for that. And then twenty dollars of that goes into the pot, uh, the uh, pot. So, Sick. so you have a way to like move merchandise. Uh, Matcherino is moving their own merchandise through this, and it's also funding into the pot. Actually, so apparently Smash is already part of this. Or they just don't advertise for some reasons. I didn't know about this. There are um, a lot of tournaments that aren't advertising yeah. this, and like it's. If I remember correctly, a lot of it is up to some of the community influencers. Yeah. Um, and I, I think like that's the thing that like gets a lot of people get the, hung up on because um, they're probably not doing their part. Yeah. Um, uh, Next level every Wednesday throws a tournament um, in New York City, uh, usually for a Street Fighter, Tekken, and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, Arturo Sanchez does a great job of like plugging Matcherino. If I remember correctly, I think he's sponsored by uh, Matcherino to as like an influencer or he like works for them there's there's something there right there's a deal there and, and but like matrino has been like amazing for just adding money to to prize pools um and like he has like a running counter of like how much it is and i remember when like uh mortal kombat 11 first came out it was just like man like if you you could you could literally donate free money that was the part that was crazy like the first like the first 250 people that went on the site they were able to donate like a free one dollar oh yeah so like just 
going there was like you could add just an extra free two hundred fifty dollars to the prize pot. Yeah, no, and that's that's another thing. Um, there'll be like uh, quests. I want to call them quests because that's like the closest thing. But sure. it'll be like post this on Twitter, add another five bucks to the pot, like mm-hmm. like do something, add twenty five cents to the pot, like and. Yeah. It's literally like shit you would probably do anyway. Like, hey, check out right. this tournament. Like, it's gonna be happening here, and then like, boom, five bucks added to the pot. Literal free money. Wow. Like there was, there was a time where, if I remember correctly, like they were adding like, it was something like ridiculous. It was like three thousand dollars, like Matcherino added to like one next level uh, event for MK MK11. Yeah, and I was just like, what is happening right now? And like. They pay you out like super quick. It's PayPal. Like you don't have to deal with anything. Like it's crazy, right? Like, yep. So yeah. it's it's one of those things where like if I look at Big House Nine, that had nine hundred nine uh, yeah. entrants, and it had well, like how many viewers, and it had this huge amount of like talent in here. Like to give you an example, like uh, Mewtwo King and Hungry Box ended up placing fifth and sixth in this tournament. Like. So, like, that's just to give you, like, an idea of, like, the level of skill at this tournament. And people loved watching this. On the bottom of the stream. <laughs> and that would have been enough. You wouldn't have to... St- Honestly, if the caster said one thing, like, every three hours... Yeah, and a Macherino and a Link. Of the stream, yeah. A Nightbot reminder. A Nightbot reminder every, price. like, 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, so yeah. It's, oh, yeah, Nightbot reminder. Perfect. Yeah, so it's one of those things where I'm looking at this prize pool of like nine thousand ninety dollars, and I'm How like, possible, yeah. And I'm like, if they had Macherino on this, that it it would have definitely broke ten thousand. But little guy dropping the ball here. But who knows how much further it could have gone? Like, yep. Like it's like the man said, it's free real estate, right? Like it's <laughs> literally free money, and and like it's when you're able to have your community like sponsor your community what's the worst thing that could happen like you know like oh they don't do it like okay sure but someone out there is going to do it there are people like yeah you're back to where you were and it cost you nothing yeah i know about this this is crazy to me yeah Mm -hmm. so it's not it's not something that i think is ever going to push uh competitive smash into the next level but i think that is one of the benefits of it being grassroots people can look at stuff like that and be like oh like I'm helping the small guy out. Like I'm helping like my favorite players, you know, make a little extra money and I'm getting cool swag on this. And it didn't really cost me that much. Yeah. This is blowing my mind. It's really cool. It's everything you wanted. I'm glad I know about this now, actually. Yeah, dude. Like I said, when I uh, was running lethal league blaze tournament, I think I would learn something from this. (laughs) Wow. That's messed up. Are you teaching me things? Learn a thing. So yeah, like I said, when I was running uh, Lethal League Blaze tournaments, um, <laughs> the the uh, the main like uh, organization owner, like he had like this deal with Maturino and everything, and I'm on stream with a uh, Bip, and we're we're like plugging Maturino and stuff like that. Keep in mind, the tournament is free entry, and there's like nothing in the prize. Like the whole prize pot is completely funded by Maturino. And we get up to like two hundred, three hundred dollars. Like, and is, it, is there an entry or no? No, there was no entry. So it's a free tournament, and somebody's making money off of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a free tournament. Oh someone walked God. away with one hundred and eighty dollars. Someone walked away with like forty bucks. Like, you can't underestimate the power that your community has, and like, that's yeah. a community of Lethal League, which 
is really just seven people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, I've, yes, I'm, I'm aware of how... That's the lowest of mine. It's definitely seven people, and two of them live in, like, one house. Like... <laughs> It's seven people, and it's me wearing different hats. Sometimes more than one hat at once. But yeah, so I think that's something the Smash community and other smaller communities in general should try to take advantage of, looking to have the community fund their events in a meaningful way like that. Yeah, this is blowing my mind. This is pretty cool. So we we kind of spent a little bit of time looking into uh, how to get grassroots up to like where... uh, uh, Street Fighter Five is things like that. What is Street Fighter Five's plan to try and move up into like the bigger leagues? Like get get that uh, entry or get that prize pot that is like hundred thousand plus. I think FGC in general though doesn't um, uh, as far as as far as TOs um, and people running the show. I don't think they're properly monet not monetizing is the right word properly finding the right sponsors and people to work with. Uh, this, this works for Smash too, but, it, but there's bigger eyes on FGC, I think. Like everybody, you always see like people, uh, for companies within the within the, within the the gaming space. So like companies that, that do fighting games, uh, companies that produce um, fight sticks, uh, headsets, uh, monitors, you know, things like that. And that's all you ever really see. But like, I think I've had this conversation with you before, uh, Nick. You're not catering to the person. You're you're catering to the player, and that's wrong. You should be catering to the person, in that he does more than just play video games. Um, like he also eats junk food. Like where's the where's the fucking Tostinos? Yeah, let me let me get that Doritos sponsorship. Right. Like you know, like as or even if you do the player, like even as you're you're deep, you're you're playing this fucking fighting game. You're playing Guilty Gear for the last four hours straight. Your hands are on fire. You're not gonna drive somewhere to get food. You're gonna get fucking Grubhub and DoorDash and Uber Eats to it. I want to see. I want to see a nice Uber Eats sponsorship, right? You're everybody's I, a fucking weeb. I, I feel want, like I they're used to be right. Like I want a Crunchyroll sponsorship, right? And a Funimation sponsorship. Like I feel like we're not targeting the right people. Um, or sorry, we're, we're we're not using the player base like we should, in my opinion. Like the viewers that we have, um, both in streams and player-wise, um, do more than just play fighting games. IMO. I I feel to talk to like what D'Angelo said. I feel like a long time ago when MLG was like the big thing. Yeah, dude. I feel. I, I feel like that is like where it was because MLG was like a huge organization like in the early two thousands that was like yeah we got time on fucking ESPN like you like, know how many MLG events I went to as a as a teenager that I lived off of Doritos Mountain Dew and Hot Pockets I didn't bring food there I just right. ate the food that was at the event oh man those were the joke, days man. you brought, you brought me like, back actually the trope for Diva the Overwatch character is like yeah her sponsorships are like Doritos and Mountain Dew <laughs> yeah right like but I, I think like you're you're definitely not wrong in that. But I think like they're definitely trying to change like, the way that it's marketed, right? Like for Capcom, like it's Bull. different. Yeah, I think so, Red Bull is like one of the only ones that is smart enough to get in that space. Uh, I think uh, like Cup Noodles, Nissan Cup Noodles, did a thing, yeah, uh, with uh, with Smash uh, Smash Con, Smash Con. I know they did it for Evo Japan too. Uh, 
for one year. I don't remember what, when that was, but I think that was really smart. Um, like the, yes, you found your audience. Now attack, right? You, you did it. You killed it. <laughs> Fill um, them with your cup of noodles. If um, I remember correctly, Taquito is sponsored by um, a, an eyedrop company and yes, a, um, uh, Roto Z and a um, a new too. yeah and a new um, a new energy drink in Japan. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, like. So, like, there are people that are individuals that are reaching out to these companies and getting there, right? But not... uh, Not organizations, not, not like, the tournaments. And some, some, like, um, I remember G Fuel is, like, super popular, right? I don't know how popular it is for other things, but for fighting games, it was was really popular for a while. If you look at other other esports, like, Toyota and Coca-Cola freaking sponsor Overwatch. Now, I know that's real big, real big leagues. We're not not there yet. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, I think... You know, not looking at just your traditional like, you know, buy this BenQ monitor, right? It's, buy this Pearl Beach headset. It's like, gotta, like really hard to sell Razer keyboards and mice to people that already have Razer keyboards and mice. Yeah, right. but Razer arcade sticks, man, those things were hot. <laughs> I'm just saying, you gotta you gotta look at other things too. Like those those players and those those viewers aren't just playing fighting games they're doing a million other things too and you can sell those a million other things a lot of the companies that are producing tournaments right like the bigger ones not your local ones just aren't using uh their player base and their viewers um like they should and they're not making the right deals with companies that for advertising purposes that they should be this is, i don't know how that works but like this is something that like an alex Jubaley um would would be making deals with so i, I don't i don't know the ins and outs of that but i feel like it's it's not as efficient as it should be like there's a lot of costs uh that go into running these events hundred thousand dollar plus events that you know doordash could be funding a portion of that and then like that could go towards prize pot right that could go towards something else and isn't that's all uh with that being said i think uh we'll uh we'll kind of wrap things up we're uh just under an hour right now thank you guys for tuning in you can find more content on queued up esports.com uh follow me on uh twitch at uh twitch.tv slash monkeyhb. I always forget how to format Twitch. I'm Freddy, uh, at Freddy Zero uh, on Twitter. And you can find me at Deanthrax on Twitter. Alright. Thank you guys for listening. Catch you next time. Peace. Bye.